Greetings, Earthlings. You have discovered the podcast, Why Are UFOs Top Secret? With expert Bob Bria. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to my podcast. UFOs are top secret. And why are they top secret? That's right. We got resident Bob Bria here, our resident expert. I want to welcome all of y'all from the Podbean world for joining us live. Feel free to submit your questions. And uh, Mr. Bria. Yes. Happy Tuesday. Thank you very much. This is episode number two. Thank you. We are going to focus tonight on the document that is uh, circulating in the public uh, eye right now called the MJ-12 briefing document. This document was prepared for Eisenhower during his inauguration period. Following the Roswell crash, the National Security Act the CIA and the Army Air Corps was reconstituted into the United States Air Force. This was not by accident. This was intentional. As a result of these uh, coincidental agencies being formed after the Roswell discovery is very significant. Uh, now, you, now is, this, is this during Truman's presidency then? Well, Truman designed the... Uh, the letter, which is a special classified executive order implementing the, the grouping of these individuals to be uh, put together and um, assessment of the uh, crash at Roswell. The decision to put the, the subject into a classification uh, of top secrecy was decided because of its uh, imminent danger to the United States for different different threats that it posed, different exactly uh, um, facets of our life and mi- our our military security, for example, national security, uh, probably the psyche. <laughs> One would imagine that the uh, the evidence. That, that confirmed the, uh, the crash at Roswell would be enough to come public and let the, uh, the world know that uh, we're not alone in the cosmos. But the decision to put this into a top secret category really uh, implies the danger of having the public accept this as true. Uh, don't forget... Uh, a lot of things were going on in the in the forties, uh, especially with the uh, the war uh, coming to a close, with the dropping of the bomb at Hiroshima, which is also connected to the Roswell uh, 
discovery. So, okay, now you you were, you mentioned um, the truth about what had happened. Um, there are some that would would say, um, well, the FBI analyzed the document, or was it the CIA? Actually, the FBI came out and said it was all not true. Uh, but the CIA knew exactly what was going on. The FBI wanted to know what the CIA knew. But apparently uh, they were not getting uh, access to the uh, information. So there was a, uh, there was a discrepancy between the two agencies. Hmm. This, this uh, arrival from outer space is so... Uh, astounding in its uh, broad implications. Here we are 70 years later, and we're still not told exactly what went on back in the, the 40s. Now, tonight I said we're going to focus on this Majestic 12 document. I'd like to get some feedback from some of the p listeners that are uh, tuning into our podcast, and uh, I'd like to know a little bit about their uh, background on this document. Have they ever heard about it? Have they read it? Have they ever seen it? Yes, and you can also send those to UFOs Top Secret at protonmail.com. And any other questions and inquiries for Mr. Bob Bria here. Now, for you, when you hear someone say, oh, the MJ-12 document, what is what resonates like to your core is that you, you do you pretty much think of these the 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 aliens crashing here and them being real and that this 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 is an actual encounter is that what is that what really makes you excited or is it i mean cuz there is a lot of stuff in this document right oh a lot of a lot of stuff the document is so well put together and concentrated in its uh, information. Well, but, but, and before we jump into it, uh, um, is there anything you want to say to those naysayers that say, well, this was some well-intentioned, you know, maybe scientific guys or some especially inquisitive fellows that thought uh, that created this to, to, to just add to the mystery? Yeah, may, maybe all that would sound realistic, but uh, based on the evidence that I've come across over the last 50 years, uh, the evidence is totally contradictory to what the uh, U.S. authorities have been uh, putting forward to the American public. Uh, and and uh, well put, because uh, as it's been said in other forms and other ways, can we handle the truth? The uh, acceptance of the arrival of this uh, craft and its uh, companions did not stop with the crash at Roswell. There were continuing sightings after the Roswell recovery and are still occurring. The formation of the Majestic 12 was not only put together to decide on what would be done about this subject, or how it would be handled, but how it would be shared with our international allies. That's why the National Security Act 
was actually signed. Was it Roosevelt that wanted to share? Was he the first one that, or it was Kennedy actually? It was actually Kennedy. Mm-hmm. But uh, Truman had signed the executive order and uh, the pressure to do it was coming from up above the admirals and the military leaders <laughs> at the time, uh, you know, had a, had a big decision to make. Should they accept this, uh, be informed or should they discredit it and, uh, rip it apart and make it, uh, a joke. The last thing that the, uh, the public wanted to hear at that time that we had it's, a new enemy after defeating the, uh, the Germans in World War II, we were faced with a new uh, enemy of unknown origin, which would really be baffling to the public and how to deal with uh, extraterrestrials from another planet. And why would this uh, why would this alien visitation take place in the first place? Had oh, it, I thought you were talking about climate change. Had it, <laughs> had it anything to do with our uh, nuclear uh, facilities at these uh, military bases around the country. We were testing atomic weapons in Nevada and Mexico, New Mexico, and uh, in the South Pacific uh, at different uh, atolls. And uh, these detonations, I believe, from the evidence that has uh, surfaced over the years, about, this, about, about the uh, detonations, sightings, the and sightings and the detonations of these ob these uh, bombs that we were dropping for for uh, test purposes before the bomb was dropped at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we had to do testing. So all these testings drew attention with the technology we have to detect uh, volcanoes going off on Pluto. Uh, okay, so for for who's, for for historical uh, purposes, then. The, the Truman was early 40s. Mm -hmm. Then he dropped the bomb. And this was formed after that. Is that the right series? Mm -hmm. events yes, yes. Because during the war, we were getting these sightings, but it never really reached the public. It was kept internal. No, no, and, and, and to this time, I mean, up until today, aside from some Freedom of Information Acts that have led to the discovery of some documents in recent years that are adding to really the validity of these documents. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the, the official government position is still that this is all hogwash. Exactly. Could you imagine them coming on television and tell the American public, Yes, we've been visited by these creatures, but we have no idea what they want. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Well, I think that would be the next question. I mean, have we been visited? Yes. Okay. What? I mean, please. What? What? What happened? Oh, they're not going to give us a, a detailed uh, agenda, uh, like uh, we would expect uh, somebody to uh, reply on a uh, a polite way. Oh, yes, we're here to uh, get. Uh, you know, a menus for a new uh, dinner that we want to invent. Oh, no, I, I got one in the mail the other day. I got one of those human questionnaires that came from uh, uh, Reticula. Zeta Reticula? <laughs> Zeta Reticula, yeah, yeah. I got one in the mail the other day, actually. It's coming, folks. 
<laughs> so we once we get back to this uh, document, uh, I, I drift on and how off to how many pages is it? It's a short. Uh, it's a short form, maybe five six pages. But it's, how would you describe it in, in a couple of sentences? Was this a manual that was given to the twelve people that made up the MJ twelve? Is this like their little their little report? Their uh, this plan? was a this was a preliminary briefing for Eisenhower to update him on the. Uh, on what was going on with this uh, recovery operation. Okay, so the, this came after Eisenhower came in. Yeah, don't forget the, mm -hmm. the Roswell crash occurred in, in July 1947. The MJ-12 document wow. was delivered to Eisenhower in 1952. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we have a di we have a couple of years in between that time. So there was a lot of uh, uh, scientific analysis and back engineering going on as soon as we got hands on this uh, this object. Okay. And, and just before we crack this thing open here to finally get into this, what uh, somewhere if this is the real McCoy, which I know you believe it is, and I'm starting to really believe it is. It, what happened after not to let presidents know about the ultra classified project, I guess. Well, it, it appears that the uh, need to know uh, is restricted to certain levels in um, the government. Uh, not everybody gets to know what they want. Uh, top secret levels have many uh uh many heights Trances to it, yeah know. it's it doesn't just stop with top secret number one it goes up and up and up there's like 26 or 27 levels of secrecy within the top secret category huh. okay so people that are uh on a need to know list will get more information than the people that don't need to know all of the subject. This is what's called compartmentalization. This is a, a working formula that the government uses to keep people from knowing the whole story. That's why there's uh, there's a word called secrecy. Um, I can <laughs> think of a long list of things uh, where we never got to hear the whole story. I'm not going to go into that because it's a different topic than this show. <laughs> but I tell you what, folks, we're going to jump into these the six or seven pages. Uh, in just a moment here. We'll be right back with you. You're listening to UFOs Top Secret with Bob Bria. Okay, we're back on the uh, Majestic Twelve document. Uh, I'd Wah! like, I'd like, I'd like to read a few uh, parts of the uh, Majestic Twelve briefing document, which would help uh, understand a little bit deeper uh, how this subject is uh, looked upon uh, internally. Um, 
when I when I first came across this uh, document, I wasn't sure what to believe, but the more I read it and the more I spoke with professionals that uh, looked into this document, uh, I started to realize that uh, this is the real thing. Um, I'll read a paragraph from uh, the first page, which goes into the uh, the civilian pilot that was that was flying over the state of Washington. Nineteen. Uh, so a commercial or oh, a civilian, like a small a civilian Cessna, pilot, a Cessna, Cessna plane or something. Yeah, Cessna plane was flying over the state of Washington, and um, saw nine flying discs flying at a tremendous speed and this is now this is the the in, account that's in the mj12 document yeah so. this occurred in june so this was just about two weeks earlier than the uh the crash at roswell so the uh the public's reaction uh on this particular sighting uh which formulated the words flying saucer came out of this uh this particular case because a reporter had asked the pilot what these objects look like, and he described them as um, something that looked like a, a saucer skipping across the water. So the word flying saucer became synonymous with this, uh, this uh, objects, these objects that were being reported. But in spite of these efforts, little of substance was learned about the object until a local rancher reported that one had crashed in a remote ver uh, region of New Mexico, located approximately 75 miles northwest of Roswell Army Air Base, now called Walker Field. On July 7, 1947, a secret operation was begun to assure recovery of the wreckage of this object for scientific study. During the course of this operation, several reconnaissance, aerial reconnaissance uh, discovered that four small human-like beings had apparently uh, ejected from the craft at some time, at some point before it exploded. These had fallen these had fallen to earth about two miles east of the wreckage. All four were dead and badly decomposed due to actions by predators and exposure to the elements during the approximately one week time period which had elapsed before their, their discovery. A special scientific team took charge of removing these bodies for study. See attachment C. The wreckage of this craft was also removed to several different locations. See attachment B. Civil and military witnesses in the area were debriefed and news reporters were given the effective cover story that the object had been a misguided weather balloon, and that story was stuck to for oh, years. That's where it started. 
The weather balloon excuse. <laughs> the weather balloon excuse, yes. The, uh, the story was pretty uh, squeezed down to nothing by that time because the residents of the Roswell town in New Mexico had a high respect for the military and the uh, operations that were going on at the um, Roswell Army Air Base, which was the home of the Enola Gay. During the time that this uh, recovery process was going on, the, uh, the information that was gathered was uh, sectioned off into different agencies in our government for uh, analysis. And different people in the uh, government were put in charge of uh, analyzing the uh, the back engineering aspect of this uh, craft. A covert analytical effort organized by General Twining and Dr. Vannevar Bush acting on the direct orders of the president resulted in a preliminary sometime contentious on September 19th, 1947, that the date was most likely a short-range reconnaissance craft. This conclusion was, was based for the for the most part on the craft's size and the apparent lack of any indefinable provisions. A similar analysis of the of the uh, of the four dead occupants were arranged by Dr. Bronk. It was the initiative. No, it was the, um, excuse me. Is it rumored that one of them was still alive? It was rumored. There was no uh, verification that uh, that was true. It it is still possible. Maybe it was only alive for a little bit or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the the fact that there were beings on these craft was also a very uh, fearful uh, reality. Well, this was before drones. Yeah, this was definitely before drones. Let me ask you this, though. Um, um, uh, what, uh, um, is there any uh, discoveries that were made? Isn't there some Roosevelt memos or something like that? Well, during the war, like I said, Roosevelt had received reports that the uh, pilots from uh, the Allies and from the... Uh, the reports that were coming in across the uh, the military uh, uh, drop uh, bomb zones in Europe, these these reports were coming in quite frequently. So they they were well aware that these objects were being um, monitored. They were monitoring our aircraft and the enemy's aircraft. So not only was Roosevelt. Roosevelt just happened to be the president. I guess what I'm getting at is I know that presidents after Roosevelt have not really been privy to all of uh, the information in, around these topics. Mm-hmm. So he just happened to be there when basically all the stuff really happened, like when all the sightings were happening, the war was happening. So the, there was obviously what seems to be an increased 
visitation <laughs> level of visitation we were getting mm-hmm. and then boom this happens yeah it was dropped into uh, truman's lap you know as a result of uh, roosevelt passing away and uh, truman had to make a decision you know he had to make a decision on dropping the atomic bomb so I guess it, was, uh, it wasn't too hard for him to uh, come to the conclusion that the subject had to be uh, also classified. Yes, um, and I meant Eisenhower, and I still said Roosevelt. But look, that's yeah. why you're the expert. Yeah, but it yeah. was all, all during that time. There was an interesting handover. Between that time, between Roosevelt, Truman, and Eisenhower is, is the time where this was happening. Mm-hmm. But this is Eisenhower's time. Mm-hmm. So, so he when they said the president here, they're referring to Eisenhower. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Since it is virtually certain that these craft do not originate in any country on Earth, considerable speculation has entered, centered around their point of origin, with which might be and how they got here. Mars was and remains a possibility, although some scientists, such most notably Dr. Menzel, considered it more likely that they, we are dealing with beings from another solar system entirely. Uh, the fact that there's these uh, opinions kind of makes me think of it, that it's a little more authentic than they would have you know, when you're going to lie, you usually tell a whopper, <laughs> but they're basically giving, that's just conjecture right there. Yeah. Really. Speculation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, numerous uh, examples of what appeared to be a form of writing were found in the wreckage. Efforts to decipher these have remained largely unsuccessful. See attachment B equally unsuccessful have been efforts to determine the method of propulsion or the the nature or method of transmission of the power along these lines have been completely and complicated by the complete absence of identifiable wings, propellers, jets, or conventional methods of propulsion and guidance, as well as a total lack of metallic writing, wiring, metallic wiring, vacuum tubes, or similar recognizable electronic propulsions it is assumed that the propulsion unit was completely destroyed by the explosion which occurred with hmm. a need for for such additional information as possible about these craft their performance characteristics and their purpose led to the undertaking known as US Air Force Project Sign in December of 1947. That's just three three months after, four months after mm-hmm. the crash. Mm-hmm. In order to preserve security, liaison between Project Sign and Majestic 12 
were limited to two individual within the intelligence division of Air Material Command, whose role was to pass along certain information through channels. Sign evolved into Project Grudge in December 1948. The operation is currently being conducted under the code name Project Blue Book with liaison maintained through the Air Force officer who is head of the project. Aha. So that's how come they know how much my used car is worth? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the blue book value. Now that is a famous, uh, that, that uh, has some stories in itself, Project Blue Book, right? Oh, yeah, because of its uh, fiasco with the public. Uh, the uh, Reports were, reports were coming in, so they had to collect them and convey to the public that, uh, that they were studying these objects, uh, regardless of the fact that they kept, kept calling them weather balloons. So they were sort of caught in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, because weather balloons can zigzag a thousand miles in seconds and disappear. In a yeah, period, sure. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> move vertically and uh, laterally with no, no issues. No issues. On December 6th, December 1950, a second object, probably of similar origin, impacted the Earth at high speed in the El Indino area of the uh, Texas-Mexican uh, border. After, after following a long trajectory through the atmosphere, by the time the um, by the time the uh, search was uh, excuse me by the time a a search team arrived, what remained of the object had been almost totally incinerated. Such material as could be recovered was transported to the Atomic Energy Commission facility at Sandinia, New Mexico, for, for study. The final paragraph of the Majestic 12 is the most uh, amazing because it, it, really, uh, sh uh, it really describes the complexity of the subject. And I'll read it and... Hope you're you're grasping the uh, the uh, magnitude of this uh, paragraph. It closes with implications for the national security are of continuing importance in that the motives and in ultimate intentions of these completely unknown. In addition, a significant upsurge in the surveillance activity of these craft beginning in May and continuing through the autumn of this year has caused considerable concern that new developments may be imminent. It is for these reasons, as well as obvious international and technological considerations and the ultimate need to avoid a public panic at all costs that the Majestic 12 group remains of the unanimous decision that imposition of the strictest security restrictions should be held without interruption into the new administration. At the same time, contingency plan 
1949-0778 top secret eyes only should be held in continued readiness should the need to make a public announcement present itself. Hello, what's that document? <laughs> <laughs> that, my dear friends, is uh, the, uh, the reason for uh, keeping this as quiet as possible. So it's referencing this other document, though. Contingent, this contingency plan. Yeah, that I've never seen. That one seen. hasn't been leaked yet, huh? Nope. <laughs> nope. The contingency plan that's mentioned in the Majestic 12 document has not been released. The one that's uh, related to the uh, public announcement, uh, should it uh, need to present itself, uh, was never verified. And... Uh, According to Stanton Friedman, he felt that uh, this document is the real thing. In your personal conversations with him? My personal conversations with him, yes. Wow. It poses the most deepest concern for a subject that would be welcomed, except that there's something about it that concerns the U.S. authorities. And I believe it may have something to do with these abduction cases that have occurred over the last uh, 50 years or so. But we'll get into that next time. I have a question. Um, it comes from R. Dolan. Hmm? And it is, um, is, is this related to Project Snowbird. Well, there were a lot of different projects that were put into effect after this uh, Project Snowbird. Uh, there was um, several other projects that Project were put together. Mando. Yeah, Project and uh, mm -hmm. and these all covered the subject in Project a way. Aquarius. Yeah, that Project was, Aquarius also. Were these military code names or? Oh, these were given uh, titles to of this overall thing because this was a very broad study, and uh, and not a, not an easy subject to uh, swallow in a in a single uh, moment. It took me over fifty years to really contemplate the uh, the seriousness of this, and now since the pilots reports have been showing up on television we've been getting a lot of uh interested people that want to know what is going on and why the public is not being told the whole story we're being told little bits and parts and i believe it's uh for our own good at the time uh because the, they may not know what these objects are here for either uh Obviously, if they wanted to destroy us, they could have done this a lot longer, uh, a lot sooner. You know, this has been going on since the 40s. So uh, either they're contemplating uh, saving us from ourselves or they have a, another agenda which has not been uh, uh, shown outright. So a lot of it is uh, speculation, but I heard there's no gold left in Fort Knox, and I think it's the UFOs. Damn it! Yeah, they could have their own collection, you know, of gold. 
but uh, the 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 subject itself is uh, is quite amazing in its uh, in its uh, implications uh, for mankind. You know, if, if indeed these objects are here for uh, city insidious reasons, uh, the government's going to keep this uh, definitely quiet. That's why the abduction stories are very, uh, a very uh, bewildering. Uh, I will get into this in another uh, episode, but for the time being, I, I highly recommend reading uh, Stanton T. Friedman's book called Majestic 12, Top Secret. It covers his investigation into the, uh, the document itself, how it arrived who analyzed it and uh, its relevance to the national security of the United States. Uh, it, it was put at such a high level of secrecy that it was compared to the atomic bomb, which at that time had the highest security coverage. Uh, and this subject was put in that category. So there, there is a, uh, a strong reason for this subject to be uh, classified top secret. And uh, I'm going to be going over this in the future episodes that we put out. And for the time being, um, like I said, try to uh, get a copy of Stanton T. Friedman's book, uh, Majestic 12 Top Secret. It's uh, well worth reading. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. All right. Thank you, Bob. We appreciate it. Once again, we'll be back same time, same place, Tuesday, 8 p.m. on the Podbean Live app. And you can also catch us after the fact on Spotify and on iHeartRadio. And any questions you may have, any, um, any, anything you want to ask Mr. Bia, please reach out to us. And we'll see you next week. We're going to be covering the SOM, right? The SOM, right? Yes, sir. We'll be, we'll see you guys then. Thanks.